Welcome back to season 11, episode seven of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures and conversations from the DocuSF Experience 2023. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini, and I'll be your host for this podcast. And this next episode, you will hear me speaking with Unity Stokes, as we had a conversation on the DocSF stage about the future of venture in the United States and the new vision that Startup Health, his company, is bringing to the market. So I'm excited to have a little conversation, change it up a little bit from presentations. And we thought we would uh, discuss a little bit about where we Testing. are as a person who's right there on the front lines with these amazing companies. Now, you've invested in over 1,000 companies, 27 countries over the last decade. You've had about four of these cycles go through, and the first one's coming around. So let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing in that space, because you, we've had a conversation about that maybe we... Some of these moonshots we thought we'd handled a decade ago, maybe they didn't happen. So what's the story with that? Well, first of all, it's great to be here. Oh, yeah. and I've been really reflecting deeply. We started Startup Health 12 years ago, and I started in health, healthcare about 18 years ago. And a lot of the impact we've been trying to make has actually gotten worse since we started. So sobering thought. Yeah, we set out to achieve these grand health moonshots 12 years ago. And if you look at longevity, life expectancy, obesity, diabetes, mental health, suicide, access, cost, it's pretty much gone down or gotten worse. However, some really important things have happened in the past 12 years. The first presenter talked about the structural change so what's really happened is the roads have been built, the foundations have been built, ecosystems have been built, the investors. When we started Startup Health, there were no investors. There were no startups. There were no doctorpreneurs, or I say no, but very few. There certainly wasn't $44 billion a year going into health innovation investing globally. You know, there was less than a billion. So during that time, let's call that phase one, the capital started coming, the innovators started coming, the change was happening, changing business models, the experiments, the demand, meaning customers were circling around the hoop, a golden age of entrepreneurship, people starting new things, starting and failing sometimes, but starting a global opportunity started to emerge. So not just here in Silicon Valley, but there's probably 40 or 50 health innovation hubs around the world now, at least, doing really extraordinary things. You go to Finland, mobile health, Israel, medtech, all sorts of interesting things. India, consumer health, new business models. We're now here in a new wave, the Cerebral Valley, past six months, right here in our backyard. So while impact appears to have gone down, sometimes you need to take two steps back to seemingly go one step forward, but let's maybe we're close to going a hundred steps forward because the venture presentation before, so much interesting data there, but the venture model works on a 10 year cycle. Moonshots take 25 years or longer. SpaceX, 20, 25 years to do what they're doing now. The types of innovation you're seeing now has happened over two or three decades, but the venture model is structured around a 10 year cycle. So we're I think entering a new, really exciting phase of opportunity, even though there's a moment of chaos right now and potentially 
a mass extinction event for many of those companies that Daniel Kraft presented. But we saw that in the 90s, I came out of the internet tech world. Most of those companies are gone, except for a couple, like Amazon. At the same time, they are gone, but they're left behind. It was an evolution, right? They didn't die. Another, from the ruins of those companies, new companies are born that led to... Google came out of 2000, you know, after the crash. Yeah. So you've got a thousand companies you've invested in. And as uh, Dr. Lynch just pointed out earlier, a lot of the venture capital groups are keeping their money to reinvest in those companies, see them through this valley of death that we're maybe heading into. Yet there's how many billion dollars have been invested? It's a that tens of billions of dollars invested. When are we going to see some of that technology come to maturity? It should be about now, right? Like we saw with Jared starting to use it in his practice and many of the ones that Daniel showed, some are the futuristic, but some have been around for some time. When do you think we'll see the real impact of these technologies? That's what I'm most excited about right now. I was at two conferences recently. Let's call them health innovation conferences. And I had a distinct feeling that I haven't had since the mid-90s. And in the mid-90s, I was doing this new thing called the World Wide Web Internet. And I would go to these conferences, and they were interactive CD-ROM conferences. <laughs> right? They were talking about interactive CD-ROMs. And meanwhile, I'm going back, and I'm working with Quincy Jones on streaming radio, bringing from Africa radio stations. CD now, first e-commerce, first banner ads, these types of things. So a couple months ago, I'm at these conferences and I had the same feeling. I haven't had that feeling before where in one room, I feel like we're talking about interactive CD-ROMs, but over in another room, we're talking about the internet. And it's really, really exciting because what we're starting to see, and I know we've talked a lot about AI already, but We've been talking about AI for a decade. The difference is people are seeing it. My mom is using ChatGPT. She can feel it. She can touch it. She can do things with it. So we're entering a moment where more people are going to start to feel and touch and experience the innovation. And ultimately, I think that's where the real magic starts. I think it was one of Mohan Nair's messages this morning, if Mohan, you're still here, that was really well put, that it becomes real when you touch it, when you can feel it, when it touches you personally, and suddenly it becomes something that, oh, I know what I can do with that. And one of the fascinating things that <clears throat> Ted this year was that they want to showcase that these things don't live in a vacuum. They live in an interconnected world. And how they connect is something that we don't know yet. And we're seeing a lot of artists, actually, people who are thinking outside the box, putting several technologies together and coming up with things that the original designers of technology would never have conceived of. So we're definitely in this generative space where this new ability to see and understand the technology is really move us to a different level. Now, I have a quick question for you. Everybody here is probably skeptical about Web 3.0 and metaverse. Well, how do you see that space evolving? Let me rephrase. Not really thinking about the metaverse or Web3 other than I think blockchain is significant because of how data gets shared, specifically around IP and the opportunity for drug discovery and sharing IP and some legal structures around smart contracts and all sorts of complicated stuff there. But you said something really important about imagination. Yeah, sure. Let's go back. To I think What's needed now is more imagination because the technology's here. I mean, we're living in this moment of an innovation paradox in healthcare where things have been moving very, very slow 
apparently, or seemingly, but also very fast. I mean, what DeepMind has done, or AlphaFold with the proteins, is going to transform drug discovery. We're going to start to see and already are discoveries and cures that would have been unimaginable. In short order, we're starting to see this almost on a daily basis now. So very, very quickly, that a lot of the exponential innovation, you don't really see how fast it's accelerating until 10, 12, 15 years in. I think that's where we are now. Yeah. As humans, we tend to look at our past history as a way to judge progress. And when, when it's moving exponentially, it's super hard to judge where it's going, right? Last question for you then. What are you most excited about in terms of the technology you're seeing people present to you for investment in the healthcare space? Is there a group of technologies that, I mean, it could be chat, GPT, empowered AI, but is there something else that you think we should be paying attention to? In a tactical level, I'm, I'm really interested in the brain-computer interface opportunity. I'm really interested in food as medicine. As it relates to many of the people in this room, I think there's some extraordinary stuff going on with mobility. We've been talking a lot about this. The concept of motion is life. You keep moving, you're living. So for any of these big moonshots that we have around longevity, for example, you need to be thinking about the MSK innovation and motion and mobility. I would say I'm most excited about the global opportunity. I think for the past 100 years, we've been thinking about a very small window into the opportunity. And really what's happened, and I'll be very brief, but the biggest challenge we have today is not actually an innovation or technology or money, venture capital, or getting some investment. It's actually, it's causing us at Startup Health to rethink everything that we're doing. Because imagine a football field. And on one side of the field, there's a game being played called football. And they're dressed up in football uniforms and they're playing these rules called football. And on the other side, they're dressed up as tanks and bazookas and playing warfare and this totally different set of rules and it's a different game being played. And basically that's what's going on in healthcare. So the innovators are over here, industry's over here. So all that innovation you saw in Dr. Kraft's presentation, those hundreds of awesome innovation, it gets into the real world of healthcare and it stops. Different language, different forms, different structures. It's just dying. Doesn't matter how much capital they're raised, the billions of dollars that SoftBank puts in or whatever. We've seen all these things just get wiped out, the pair therapeutics and whatever. Great innovation. But then it gets to the real world of commercialization and it's dying. So what's needed are new frameworks speaking the same language on both sides, teaching everyone the same set of rules, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and so the innovation pipeline goes from here to there all the way to impact so that we can start to see better outcomes and impact. That's what's needed now. I want to pick up on a bunch of things you said because there's so many things in there. I'll just go backwards. Tomorrow, we will have electrode integration layers because we've seen all these point solutions and for many people, it's hard to understand how they could possibly access them all. Integration layers between you and DMR will probably be the way they'll handle it. Uh, you talked about brain-computer interfaces. I think for most people, it's still science fiction. Let me assure you, it is no longer science fiction. The debate today is not whether or not we can read your mind, is how difficult will it will be to write to your mind and erase memories. And that is currently no longer science fiction. And that's definitely happening and to the point that we're talking about brain rights. What rights do you have to your thoughts and how we control that? You also talked about food and food is science. 
And for those of you who are being following this, this is no longer Berkeley stuff where you take some mushrooms and some vegetables and you feel better. This is about how do you completely re-envision your gut biome and, manage, and use that to manage your depression and other issues. It is very much coming to the forefront of health. Food is health, but it's no longer just a marketing term. This bit about the interface and, and you know where healthcare goes to die, that, that these startups don't have the tanks to go fight the battle on the battlefield. How are we going to get out of that problem? Well, our plan is we're creating a university. Dr. Nair mentioned at the, at the beginning, one of his mentors created a university. We're creating a university called Health Transforming University to educate not just the entrepreneurs, which we've been focused on, but the intrapreneurs as well, so that we can create common language and see more innovation make its way through the pipe. So education is the key. Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. If you find this conversation between myself and Unity Stokes as incredibly informative and topical as I did recording it, please do share this podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player of choice. It'd mean a lot if you did. Thank you.